Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brand Power Analysis. Today I have a special guest, Jonathan. Jonathan, I know we were talking a little bit about uh, a little bit before this call. Why don't you uh, give everyone a, a little brief summary about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate being able to, to be on the show today. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege. Uh, so Jonathan Van Horn, uh, I'm actually uh, from the Midwest, now live on the East Coast. And sport for me was uh, was everything. I realized really early on, uh, just a love to compete. Uh, loved, I was a three-sport uh, three athlete in, in high school and a two-sport athlete in college. Uh, and I just loved to be around sport, loved to compete, loved to be uh, on, on teams and that, that camaraderie and just that environment and that space. Uh, and that led me into uh, what I do now. And so I work with Athletes in Action, and I'm also the founder of Shift. Uh, and basically, I help serve, support, and mentor pro athletes, uh, predominantly in the pro soccer space, uh, but also have ebbed a little bit and flowed in some other NFL, a little bit of NFL guys, as well as uh, some uh, some other pro athletes, Olympic athletes, and some of the Olympic sports. So it's been uh, it's been a fun ride to be able to experience not only my own uh, athletic success, but also now get the, uh, the opportunity to journey alongside other elite and pro athletes and helping them uh, not only be successful in their sport, but more importantly, being successful in life. No, I, I love to hear it. Why don't you uh, tell everyone a little bit about your journey and, and how what made you really push towards this passion of yours? Yeah, it's uh, it was it was one of those funny things. I had a successful college career, uh, didn't go pro, uh, like like most don't, uh, but uh, made the transition to to life after. And uh, it was one of those things where I had these emotions uh, in that transition. But just as an athlete, I just hey, you just you just grit it out. You just keep pushing through it. Sort of just uh, just keep grinding and and just work hard and and you'll work through it. And uh, it was really a, a little bit later on in life when I began to uh, invest and mentor uh, athletes, uh, I began to talk about the transition to life after sport. And uh, it didn't really hit me. So I was helping guys mentoring, but it really didn't hit me actually until uh, 2011. Uh, I transitioned uh, from, I moved from Ohio to North Carolina. Uh, I had just had my, uh, my wife and I had our third daughter uh, and, I, and I got a new job. And so uh, those are some of the most significant transitions that people can experience. And in that moment, I had all of these emotions and just these things that started welling up inside of me that they they were sort of new in the moment, but they weren't new. It was almost like a deja vu moment, right? And I was like, where is this coming from? And as I began to do some intentional just self-work uh, and just personally just working through what, what's, what am I feeling? Why am I going through this? Uh, I started tying it back to my transition to uh, when I stopped playing. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, this is what's happening here, like, uh, of self-doubt, of, of frustration, of confusion, of understanding worth and value. Uh, am I significant? Uh, who am I beyond uh, with this new, new space, new environment, new arena, uh, with moving to North Carolina? Our, our, our family, our community that we did have for a long time is now absent. It's all gone. Now they're hundreds of miles away. And so all these things started coming up. And I began to tie some of those same emotions to when I was uh, 23 and I stopped playing. And it was just like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And, and as I, in that midst, as I was going with that personally, I was working with mentoring a couple of pro athletes and they were going through the transition space of to retirement. And they were having some of those same emotions, the same things. And I'm like, I know exactly what you're going through right now. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. And so that really began to uh, foster the opportunity for me personally to begin to recognize, okay, really answering the question of, of who am I? 
Uh, where does my value and significance come from? What makes me valuable as a human, uh, not just as an athlete? And so as I was personally going through some of that, uh, that personal journey, I was able to really begin to journey alongside these athletes uh, and share part of my story and my wrestlings and what I was navigating in that moment with them. And I began to see the, the significance uh, and the impact it was having in their lives and realizing this isn't something that's talked very often about with, within the athletic spaces. It's more about contracts, money, championships, wins, losses, you know, stats, that kind of stuff. And so when I began to really explore more of this discovery of who am I, what's my story, uh, and really helping athletes in that process and that journey, there was just some, there's some light bulb moments going off for me personally, but also for the, for the guys that I was working with. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of people watching this podcast may wonder, um, you know, I think we talk a lot about uh, the difficulties with that, that transition. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about more of your experiences on, on some of those difficulties uh, and how you somewhat overcome them and, and how you help other athletes overcome those, those transitions? Good, good question. Yeah. I, you know, what's, what's interesting is that uh, as I began to look for, I'm, I'm a self learner. I love to continue to, to grow and develop myself. And as a result of that, I started just exploring what are, what's out there, what's available, what resources. Uh, and, and when I first started to step into this world of transition, uh, a lot of the content was on uh, how to set up a LinkedIn profile, you know, how to put your resume together, how to, uh, 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 how to interview properly, just, just some very practical, very good information. Uh, but what was interesting as I was journeying with some of these guys, uh, I talked to them a year, two, three, four years after they finished playing. Uh, and they were still having a lot of the same limiting beliefs or a lot of the same issues or just struggles of wrestling in this new job, whether it was coaching or marketing or real estate development or whatever it wasn't, they had some of the same internal issues hard issues that were happening. So I was like, okay, we let's, let's dive into that space. Cause at the end of the day, as, as humans, my, my, the hope is that whether you're a pro athlete or you're not, or whatever vocation you're in at the end of the day, it's a, it's about you as a person, as a human. And I really wanted to help these athletes grow and who they are and who they're created to be. And, and not just uh, value uh, based their, their significance and value on their performance, but actually uh, of who they are as, as a person. And so really began to help uh, really personally began to dive deeply into that space, but also helping the athletes begin to dive uh, deep in the area of self-awareness. So one of the big, couple of the big questions that I ask is, is who am I? And then whose am I? So the, who am I answer is like, how do you define yourself? Uh, And I remember oftentimes when I meet someone, I'm like, who am I? Well, I'm, I have red hair. I'm I'm a redheaded soccer player. Uh, I'm a two sport athlete. Uh, I was an, I was a national champion. I, uh, I was all American. I started listing all these accolades that, that defined me. And, and then now those are gone. So I'm no longer that athlete because I've retired. I've moved on to something else. Uh, and then, uh, and now what I realized is that those defining factors were, were gone, were missing. And so now it's like, the question was, who am I now? And so it really began to wrestle with that. Well, as for me, faith is really important. So I'm, I'm a man of faith. Uh, in addition to that, I'm a husband, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother. Like, so it began to recognize some of these other factors of who I am as a person and begin to defining who, who, and where my values to because came from those spaces. Um, and then the, who's am I, that's it's area of worship. Like we all worship and honor. We have adoration. We give, um, uh, we give some sort of like pens to, to something or someone out there. 
that's just as humans, that's something we do. We worship something. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's, it's fame. It's, it's the data stats. It could be a faith. It could be the house, the car. It could be a person. There's, we, we give adoration to something or someone that's out there. And the question is, what are you giving your adoration to? And often as athletes, we give our, our worship to our sport. And uh, the sporting world is fickle. <laughs> they, they, one day they love you and the next day they don't, you know, and that's just the reality. And so when you begin to recognize that when the sporting world says you're no longer a value and you get cut and you're out of contract, or you're now just a former pro athlete, not, not a pro athlete, uh, and you're still trying to worship that sport, your value to give begins to decrease because you're no longer seen as value. You're no longer loved or cared or belong to a team or to an environment. Uh, and that's just an emotional roller coaster for athletes to experience. Yeah, I find it very interesting because I've tended to, you know, I myself, I myself, I, I didn't play professionally either. And, and I, I still play soccer to this day. You know, I'm, I'm older now. I, I still just play indoor rec. It's, it's, you know, a mental thing for me and it's, it's how I deal with my mental health. Um, and it's funny that you brought up the, uh, what people find is what I call success. You know, it's like, Oh, what, what do you consider? Everyone looks at different things as, as success. You know, me, myself, it's growing with my family and finding more time to spend with my family. And I think that going through the sport, there is such, I feel like where I'm going with this is I feel like there's such a connection between between the, the emotions in the, in the, in the transition and, and everything that goes on within the sport to what you can do outside the sport and, and how you can take that motivation and all that stuff. And so what I wonder is, and, and I'd like to get your opinion on this is how you take some of those, those challenges and how you feel of taking some of those challenges and turning them around and, and kind of turning them into a positive, if that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, uh, there's these reality in life is that no one is without suffering or difficulty or obstacles. There's no one in the world doesn't, doesn't have that. Like, right. Like, uh, but how you view or approach those obstacles, those difficulties, those struggles, uh, really, uh, it's really, it really matters. It's significant your perspective in that. Uh, and I'm a firm believer that in, in every situation you can find a, a bit of good from it. Yes. And I so that, that. And I think, and having that perspective is so imperative, whether it's like, so for example, so I was, um, oh, how old was I? I was 30, 31. Uh, I was still playing, competing, uh, in the summer. And I was similar to you I was playing rec. I was at a men's, a men's open league. So still playing in a decent, no, not professional, but it was competitive. Right. Yeah. Uh, I go into the indoor season, very first game, 20 minutes in, uh, I blow out my ACL in both meniscus. Oh. And I was like, I was like, what in the, like, and I'm calling home, I'm going home to my wife. It's like a 10, it's like, it's evening. Cause it's men's open. So it's like, game was like at nine 30 at night. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. It's always late. And so I'm, I'm, I'm drive home and I'm like, I knew, I knew I did my ACL as soon as it happened. I, I was like, I'm done. I, I'm it. That's it. And, uh, I remember sitting there going, why, why in this, why now? And I was supposed to be on a plane. I was actually on my way to go up to, uh, to Montreal the next day to connect with the, uh, back in the Montreal impact Back in the USL, the United Soccer League, I was going up to fly up there to connect with their head coach and some of the players had to cancel the trip. I'm like, what in the, why this, why now? And I'll never forget the thought that one of the first thoughts that popped in my head is that now I know exactly what every athlete that has a significant injury will go through. This is my first major injury. 
I'm like, now I know exactly what every athlete that has an ACL and MCL surgery is going to go, is going through. And I, I can come alongside them and journey with them and go, I know your pain. I know your suffering. I know the mental anguish that in the moment, but also for the next 10 months or whatever it was that I did rehab. I remember those mornings waking up, going to rehab and I go, this is awful. Am I going to actually really see any progress today? This is painful. This is not fun. I feel alone. I, I, I now know that what that feels like. And I can come alongside a pro athlete, put my arm around their shoulder and said, I, I get it. I understand. And so that was the positive from that experience. Yeah. So it's like, so I think it's helping athletes understand is that when you go through these moments, they're not for, they're not just happenstance or just random, random incidents is that there's, there's good, there's value that can be pulled from any situation, any, any chaos, any, any amount of suffering, uh, you can pull something good from that, from that moment. Uh, and oftentimes as athletes, it's in those moments of suffering where we have our greatest and find our greatest successes, our greatest growth, our greatest development comes in the midst through those sufferings and overcoming those obstacles that are in our life. And so it's, again, it's reframing and not just looking at the negative or the tragedy that's happening, but actually reframing the experience, not saying the experience in, in totality is good, but it's that recognition of there's something that, that I can pull from us that is good and I can learn from it and get better for tomorrow. And I feel like it's so easy to, uh, and, and nothing against uh, mental health because it's definitely real. Um, but it's so much, I feel like it's so much easier for, for anybody to go somewhat down a, a depression, a depression path, because it just is easier to do so than it is to look at things and, and try to reframe it and, and try to hit a positive, a positive light from it. And so it definitely takes time. Um, it takes time and energy to even reframe your own mind, to kind of start looking at those positives, those positive, uh, aspects. Um, but I, that's, that's a great story. That's a great story. I recently, I recently myself uh, had my only, my only in first injury. Mine wasn't even as close as bad as yours. I just had a, you know, I had a, a sprained ankle and couldn't walk for a month and a half, but, uh, it was my first real big injury. And I have two children, a, th a three month old and a three-year-old. So, and I'm, I'm working all day. So, you know, I, I saw the challenges of, I couldn't even take care of my children, you know, because my son was pulling the cane away from under my arm and, and this and that, but what it did teach me, what it did teach me is, you know, honestly, I, I had to stop taking rec soccer so seriously. Cause I'm 37 years old now, you know, and just look at it more as a, a fun cardio, a fun yeah. cardio situation. Um, and so with what you do and going back to experiences, you now own two businesses, um, in a way, and you are working with these athletes in the transition. Um, one thing that I've really seen in, in the business world is, it's a very similar scenario when you own your own thing. Um, I mean, I see a lot of, you know, going two to three years in having to pivot a hundred percent, feel like you're rechanging a business to, you know, um, understanding failures, reframing things, learning things and not even realizing you're learning things. Um, and I've always come in and tried to, explain to the athletes that we work with, uh, that concept, you know, look at being an athlete as a kind of being a business, you know, you're, you're here, you, you could be out the next day, you know? And so how do you feel with the reframing and, and working with these athletes, 
um, and, and your experiences with business, how do you see some of those connections and how do you feel um, some of these athletes that you may work with take mm-hmm. a turn towards being business owners? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that uh, I, I'm just constantly talk with the guys because the reality is uh, life life can happen to us or we can take the choice to actually make life happen for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're, we are the master of our choices. And so regardless of the situation, there's always a choice. There may be really bad choices, but you, you always have a choice in the spaces that you're in. And so it's recognizing is that you, there's so many things that are out of our control, but you have a choice on how to respond. You have a choice on how you navigate. You have a choice on, how, on what road you take in those spaces. Uh, and so it's, okay, I have control over this. So what are the controllables? And so it's recognizing uh, taking control of that. And part of that is, is understanding that you are, you're in a business as a pro athlete. It's a job. Uh, it's, it's fun. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent, but it is a job. And so you have a responsibility uh, as, as, a, as a pro athlete, as a business owner of self uh, to make good choices. So whether it's contracts or it's, it's uh, sponsorships and branding or understanding uh, who you want to represent or who do you want to represent you. Uh, and so it's just making intentional choices and recognizing that those choices do matter. They may seem small, but they do matter. Uh, I'm a firm believer in uh, as, as pro athletes and even, even early on in university as well is that uh, as athletes, we need to build our own team. We need to be basically our own general managers. And so uh, often when you're growing up in youth sport, you don't have a choice on who your team is, right? You have your parents carting you everywhere for practice. You have coaches that are pretty much for fixed from year to year. Uh, you may have uncles or, or grandparents or aunts, you know, that are your support, some couple buddies, whatever it may be. Uh, but we're going to be making that, make that progression to university and pro that elite status as an athlete. You now have a choice on building your own team. You know, so whether it's uh, understanding uh, your agent that you have representing you or agency, uh, your a financial planner that you're helping in your corner to help make good business decisions or financial decisions. Uh, you have uh, that, that mentor, that person that's in building into you, investing you. Uh, you maybe have some peers that are just there just to encourage you along the way. Uh, and so it's like, but you have to be intentional with it. And there's also the hard things the hard times is, is the hard choices of uh, sometimes there's people that have historically been on your team because you didn't have a choice because of parents or coaches or whatever, and you have to let them go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, you know what, you're not a really good fit for where I want to go as uh, with business or with my pro career or with the branding that I'm working on or, or just as a person, you're not helping me get better. And so I talk a lot of what are the characteristics that you want for those on your team. So understanding the importance of being generous, of being loving, caring for you, regardless of what you do or don't do on and off the field. Uh, that, I mean, that's huge. So if you have relationships of, with people that if they're only going to love and care for you when you provide money for them, or you put them in the spotlight with you, or whatever, fill in the blank, uh, that's, there's, there's, there's some, there's some things that you need to address there. Uh, and so it's like, you want people that love you for who you are, not because of what you can do for them. Uh, and so that's, I think helping athletes understand and go through some of those processes of really building your own team, but then also recognizing the importance of you're, you're setting yourself up foundationally for the rest of your life, you know, even the greatest athletes are done. What mid thirty? Like how Brady's what forty two or forty three or whatever he yeah, is. Yeah, right that's now. very that's very unrare too. You know, he's like the one percent of the one percent mm-hmm. of the one percent, right? Like, yeah. Like, and he, I can't what the data is roughly, but like NFL is like three and a half years. Major League Soccer is like four and a half, five years. NBA is like four years. Major League Baseball is like three or four years. So the reality is, by the time you're thirty, most pro athletes are done. And you have a significant amount of life, over half 
by me, you know, two thirds of your life left to live. And so this, it's really important to lay a foundation for what's to come, even while you're playing and preparing uh, for life after playing your professional sport. Well, and it's crazy because if you think about it, those twenties, those twenties are, are really your exploration years. Um, even when, if you went out, even if you went out and you went to college, which is the very beginning journey of, of it, right before you become professional, even after that three to four to five years, it's, you know, it's when you're out there testing the waters with relationships, when you're out there, you know, finding your first job, um, if you're not in the game. And so it's very similar concept. Um, and you know, I don't feel like I found myself, you know, until I was early thirties, you know? So, uh, it is definitely the most crucial time for most athletes. So I use sort of like, uh, in, 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 like 10 year span. So your twenties are like your, your exploratory. Yeah. Your these are like your refining phase where you're sort of refining, you did all this boring, went after everything. Now your thirties are more, you're refined to what is, what is that? What am I good at? Who am I? What are my strengths? What are my skill sets? What have I developed? And then your forties begin to turn into a mastery of, of something, whatever that may be. And then your fifties and beyond is really, you turn not only mastery, but you're also turning into investing and you're investing in, the, in your community and those around you. Yeah. So that's sort of a, a sort of a, a progression that I talk a lot with guys is that that reality is that in your twenties you're exploring. So uh, they're playing a sport, uh, they're excited sports. So I'm like, well, what is it about the game that you love? Like, it's not just it's not just playing. Like, what is it? The locker room camaraderie? Is it is it uh, the competition? Uh, is it the the more the tactical, the strategy side of things? Like, what is yeah. it about the game that you value and appreciate that really lights a fire in you? I'm like, okay, that's great. Now, once we have identified some of those things, let me begin to get what in the world beyond the sport do, do those skills, those passions, those desires, those things that really excite you match up with. So maybe you really love the idea of competition and hitting numbers. So maybe sales, maybe the sales is a good space for you to step into because have a lot of the same tent, you know, competition, hitting numbers, all that kind of stuff. Or maybe it's more the strategy side of things. So maybe it's more operations. So let's explore, make a director of operations role, or maybe, you know, some sort of like a COO and see if we can connect it with someone in that space to help understand of what that could look like. So it's helping athletes begin to understand what, what makes them tick and who they are, what, what, what they're passionate about, what they're excited about the game, and then superimposing that into other vocations, other fields, uh, for life after and just helping them begin to explore those opportunities. That's funny you say that because when we work with athletes, we kind of do something very similar, but from the marketing side, because we've seen a lot of athletes come in and, and they're like, Oh, you know, I'm not really a fan of social media marketing. I, I don't like my face. I'm like, no, that's totally fine. Let's move much more towards an introverted side. Like, you know, warm, warm approaches like SEO and, and paid advertisement and stuff like that. And we'll keep you away from, from that that version of that. So it's funny you say that. Um, and I agree with you hundred percent on that one. Um, I think one of the, one of the things that I really see with, uh, you know, a lot of athletes and I'm kind of, I went spaces here, a space here. So I apologize because I forgot what I was going to say, but, um, is that, finding themselves within the game. And, and I mean, I see it a lot too. It's, you know, a lot of them want to do what they're good at. And so if you could find out some of those struggles, like when you're helping these athletes, you know, move into, you know, finding their path in life um, and pushing and helping them find their direction, what are some of the additional struggles you may find, let's say towards, 
you know, helping them find their direction. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's, I think one of the the first things is that as a pro athlete, uh, even at a top division one school, like you're elite or Olympian, you're elite in your space. I think one of the, one of the more larger hurdles that athletes overcome is the reality of becoming a rookie again, or becoming like a freshman. (laughs) Right. And like, you're going back to something where you're no longer the expert. You're no longer the, the pro you're no longer the elite person in the room. Uh, and that emotionally mentally, that's really hard. That's difficult to be able to, to step back into that space uh, and to navigate and have the, the mental capacity and the, just the mental toughness to say, I know that I'm going to be really bad at this because I'm just exploring again and I have to be okay with it. So one of the, one of the mantras that I says as he, who she, he or she that fails the most wins. <laughs> and it's like, cause, cause you think about it as an athlete early on, when you were first trying something new, whether it's technical or strategy, whatever, you were awful at it. Like, so like, and like whether you're basketball with a crossover, just learning how to dribble or learning a new move or soccer, there's a step over or turning a double play in baseball or passing the baton in, in a track meet. All these things, when you first started them, you were really bad at them. The only difference is, is that you've honed your skill as a pro athlete to a point where you're in that top 1%. And the reality is now you're going back to a space where you're just starting over again. And that's just hard. So it's, it's, it's the hope is like, how do I help you fast, uh, fail faster? And move on to the whatever that next thing is. And so he or she who fails the most wins. And so it's just helping the idea of that failure is not actually, is not a scary thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a negative. It's helping you grow and develop and, and foster and, and create some, some boundaries and some spaces that you can begin to navigate, whether you want to stay in that arena or, or move on to something else. Uh, there was a, um, uh, there was an uh, athlete that I was chatting with uh, and he, he introduced me to the idea of externships. Uh, and I was like, what's that? What's that? I know what an internship is. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a quick, it's almost like an immersive, like three day to one week, really quick, deep dive into a, a, a company, a marketing, whatever it may be like, uh, in some sort of environment, we're only there for a couple of days. So it's really quick, boom, pop in, get a taste for it. And then you pop out and you're like, okay, what was good? What did I enjoy? Do I want to go back again, spend more time? Uh, but it's just like how to take, take advantage and maximize your off seasons. Cause they're not really that always that long. And so you have, you can't take three months. You can't take six months at internship, like maybe another college student could or have the flexibility to be able to do. And so it's just maximizing some of those quick little externships to be able to pop in, get the experience, ask questions, be curious, explore, fail quickly, and then move on to something else. Or say, you know, I really like this space. It got me excited. I wanted, I actually want to dive a little bit deeper into it. And then you can begin to explore more of an intentional internship, a longer period of time and that kind of stuff. I love that idea. I, I think that's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to write that one down and look into that. Uh, uh, because it, it, hel- it helps them explore, right? Cause I think, but also it sets yeah. the athlete, athlete up for success in the failure, right? That's yeah. Yeah. Because so often when you think of failure as athletes, it's such a, uh, uh, it's, I don't want to be the loser because uh, you're based on your significance is based on say your results. And so if I'm failing all the time, I must not be good enough. I don't have value. Uh, I'm less than, and you sort of have this mental block of no, actually a failure. If you see failure as an opportunity to grow and get better, the more you fail, the better, the better you will be or will become. And so the more you fail, the, the more you'll actually win. And so it's, again, it's reframing, it's shifting how you view failure in order to really, truly pursue and experience success. Well, and it's very interesting you say that because I think that um, what I was bringing up earlier with 
with uh, learning some of those things and transitioning them into the business world. I mean, how many times uh, have uh, you, I mean, I know myself, uh, I feel like when I'm doing, working on my business and growing my business and, and getting to a certain spot, there's, there's failures all the time. And we're, we're testing new things, trying new things, hitting and learning new things once you reach the next step. But I think one of the, one of the most beautiful things that you said there was, you know, the experience and this, these, uh, these excursions, so to say, of, of testing certain things, grabbing a failure, because what I've noticed is that now, if, if I were to right now, just, you know, five to six years into my business, say, you know, I'm dropping everything and I'm starting over. I'm like, I have so much experience that I'm like, I could nail it the second time, you know? Yeah. So it's how much you learn and not realizing how much you learn from those situations and, and taking that. And you're actually evolving more than you think you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, and, and the thing is though, it's, it's helping the athletes understand that they've already done this before as an athlete, they've already done it. So it's, it's, so it's not like, so like you said, if you went back and started a new company right now, you know, exactly how, how to get started, maybe going after funding or what's the business structure look like? Who do you need to be involved in the process of getting started and get it off the ground? You already have that experience. And as pro athletes, they've already had a lot of the experience that is needed to be successful with whenever the next step may be. Mm -hmm. but you're just helping, but they just think of it in, in terms or through the filter of their sport. And so it's helping and taking, this is what you've learned as a pro athlete. This is what you've experienced. This is what you've done. This is what that then looks like in, uh, in, in, in the corporate world or coaching world or whatever they want to step into. You're just putting in a different word in words or reframing in a way uh, for them to help see how that transfers over. And so one of the, I have like a, a checklist uh, of like 50 things of what pro athletes are really good at and then how to say the exact same thing in business terminology. That's interesting. Send that over, send that over. I'll, I'll definitely want to see that. after. Yeah, it, after just, and it's just simple. Like it's like understanding teamwork, understanding logistics. They do interviews. Uh, there's always, so there's public speaking involved. There's, there's uh, navigating conflict, how to handle tension, uh, how to confront, how to confront a teammate, how to, how to make a team gel or come together. Those are all skills that you talk about in sport, but they're so important in business and life after. Uh, being able to have an honest conversation with a coworker uh, about maybe a conflict or a tension or maybe something's a rift or being able to step into a space and be a mediator between two other uh, you know, coworkers and be able to help, help them grow and develop, how to mentor someone, build into somebody. Like There's all these things that are transferable to the business world but it's just helping them with words, reframe what they've experienced, but also goes into interviewing when they go to interview, then then able to speak the language of the company, which they're interviewing with and not just talk about their sport, but helping bridge that gap with the person that's actually interviewing them and how their skill set would be va add value to that company. Yeah. And that's very interesting. We've really ourselves as a company we're we're in a, uh, in a growth phase right now. And we're kind of in a, in a process of really enhancing our interview processes. Um, and, you know, being in the corporate world myself uh, for many years before I went out on my own, I, I saw I kind of see it from both sides now and try to keep both sides involved when I'm, I'm hiring and understanding the, the, the actual, you know, hiree with, you know, the hire, you know, the our side. So um, it is very it, it's one of those things where when you look at like playing in the game, um, you see all, and I, I used to work for the, the Phoenix Suns about, uh, what was it? 10 years ago. And I, I, so I saw it from, I saw it from like the back room 
status yeah. all the other people and, and how it all kind of works together from the business aspect. And so I think these players uh, have the ability to kind of, they subconsciously see, they don't hundred percent see how that, all that inner working works, but I think they subconsciously see it on their day to day and how certain things work and certain things. And so I think you're right when it comes to taking, just taking those transitions and, and kind of saying, okay, what did you learn here? How do we go deeper? How do we go deeper in understanding what you learned here and, and enhancing it from a direction you liked? Now, um, that's really great. Uh, and, you know, I think we could talk all day about this. I think that it's a, it's, it's such a topic, such a topic that I feel like not too many people hit on. Um, and I, I think that college athletes in general um, right now are just with everything going on with nil are just getting to that point where I think that nil has kind of somewhat forced athletes to, start, which is a good thing to start looking at this stuff sooner. Um, yeah. like, okay, yes, there's, there's sponsorship stuff involved, but it made them really think, okay, I should take this seriously now before I kind of have a chance to go pro or I don't, who knows. But, um, with regards to that, with regards to that, how do you feel nil has kind of, kind of changed the game with, with everything going on right now in, in professional sports? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It's interesting, you know. I think it's 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 pushed because there's always been athletes historically that that had a brand in some capacity. Mm -hmm. There's always, and the the only difference now is that uh, athletes are not able to capitalize on that brand if they want to or not. I remember it was gosh, it was last a little over a year ago. The first person, to, the first athlete was a female athlete, a volleyball player at a, I think an NAI yeah, school. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Like yeah. it was like so. So I think part of it, and I think what is, was beautiful about that is it broke the stigma of what people thought would happen. They thought it was going to be the star running back or the quarterback or, uh, or, you know, the, the top uh, basketball player that was going to get these big deals. And it happened to be in this volleyball player from an NAI school that signed this, like, like a million dollar contract or something, which was, which was amazing. And so I think part of it is recognizing is it's helping athletes understand the brand that they have, uh, how to capitalize on it, but also it gives them, it begins to help them understand uh, that their sport is, is limited. Their sport is going to, is going to, they're going to be done at some point in time, regardless of how long they play. And so they're beginning to learn some really good, valuable lessons of, of how to run a business, how to understanding how things affect your brand. And one of the, the earlier comments that I think a comment didn't made about just when, when it was coming out was how many athletes are starting to go back and scrub their old uh, social media history. <laughs> because recognizing, oh my gosh, I can't post that. And so it's like they're deleting posts and comments and that kind of stuff. And just recognizing, okay, there's, there's, there's something that's expected because a couple other athletes got burned because of what they posted. Yeah. And so there's now an expectation of, uh, of just, of, of just looking after humanity, being kind, but also recognizing is that what you present and how you behave matters. So it now puts more of an emphasis on the individual personal choices of athletes uh, not only with their own behavior, but also again, talking about putting your team together, who are you, who are you putting on your team? You know, who are the, who's the agency that you're working with or who's the the people that you're joining in a contract with to, as a sponsorship deal, like that stuff matters. And so it's, it's helping them take a, a closer look at those that are bringing on the team, but also who themselves as a human, as a person, how they want to represent themselves. So it's not just taking money for taking money's sake, but who are they aligning themselves with and saying, this is a represent representation of me as a, as an athlete, but also as a, as a person. 
And so I want that to be reflected well within culture and the space that I'm in. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. You say that. I didn't even think about that because I, I, when I see social media in general, there's such a barrier to, there's, there's real no barrier to entry. And I have to tell, I have to tell people that all the time, especially my prospects and the ones coming to us and be like, do social media marketing for me or, or do this. And I have to kind of explain to them the value of, of being authentic and, and having, having your, your, your brand messaging and your, your voice be just true to yourself you know, and I, it's crazy you say that because it, it, it's in a way I have never looked at nail before in, in terms of how it's probably helping. That's, that's an aspect reframing, right? It's, it's an aspect of how it's, it's putting social media and, and reframing it to be a much more positive scenario compared to, you know, it, I think it's, I think it's hard for athletes, as you said, because I think that you know, there's a lot of, you know, famous people that aren't athletes on, you know, YouTube and, and, you know, like large corporate businesses and, and companies like Elon Musk and, and stuff like that. But there's always going to be haters and spammers and it's there, there's no way of getting away from it. And so I think the challenge is, is helping the athletes kind of understand, you know, don't take this stuff. I mean, I still do. I'll be honest with you. I'll post a video. I get sarcastic comment. It hurts me, you know? So I, it's real, you know? And so, uh, there I go ranting again. So at the end of the day, um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, no, I, just, you know, it's, I think the reality is, is, is it comes back to, uh, who, who do you have in your circle and your team, but also what are the voices that you're going to allow us to speak into your life? Uh, and the reality is, you're, if you ever do anything of value and of significance, there's always going to be someone that tries to pull you down. Always. I, I remember um, I was really young. We were, we were vacationing as a family down in Texas. We're down in Corpus Christi, and we went we went uh, to go catch crabs one day. And so we went, you know, went to the person bought like all the all the supplies, and they gave us a five gallon bucket to uh, to hold the crabs. And I was like, I remember my dad asking, "Well, if you put all the crabs in, aren't they going to escape? Because it's not that big of a bucket." And he goes, what's crazy is this, is that actually the, the crabs that are underneath as you begin to stack will actually pull the ones that are getting closer to the top, actually pull them down to try to pull themselves up. And because they're all trying to do it at the same time, they'll actually never escape. And so in, in life, what happens is, is that often when we begin to look at all the naysayers, they're always going to be around. If you look at the naysayers, they're going to be pulling us down. We'll, we're allowing them to pull us down. So the, the trick is, is like, we need to find people around us that are going to continue to build us up, that are continuing to add value to our, our spaces. And you just ignore the naysayers. And it's, it does it sting sometimes? Absolutely. It does hurt when, you, when you're on the not top 10. <laughs> That's not the top 10 list you want to be on. But, but the reality is, is that you have a choice on the, on the voices that you allow to speak into your life. And so it's just being intentional to say, I'm not going to allow those voices, those negative, those haters uh, however you want, whatever you want to call them to, to take prominence and, and take the power away from me as, as an athlete and as a person, I'm going to be intentional to listen to the people that I trust that know that care for me, that value me. And that want to help me in my development, my progression and my growth as a person and as an athlete. And so it's just being intentional to, to have that mental fortitude, to be able to, to be able to listen to the right voices uh, and not to allow the, the negative voices to, to crowd your, your thought processes. And I think that goes back to what you said, um, at the beginning where it's like, as you grow, you're going to be firing people. Um, in a way it's very similar. It's, it's not just that way in business, but your mentors and, and stuff like that. 
and even your, your friends. I mean, unfortunately you do, as you, as you evolve, you want to get rid of the negative. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and I think part of it too, is as you grow and develop, you have to do something different in order to grow. Mm-hmm. Like, so as an athlete, you weren't doing the same things technically or strategically or tactically you were doing three, four years ago because you've grown as an athlete. And it's the same is true for us as humans is that in order for us to continue to grow and mature and in that maturation process, we have to do something different in order to, to level up. Like that's just a reality because we can't expect, you know, insanity, you know, expecting, you know, doing the exact same thing, expecting different results. So the, where we're at as a leader, as a person, as a human, uh, the systems and the, the, the quality of things that we're doing now is achieving the results that, that we've created. And so for, in order to receive or to achieve different results or to, to continue to grow and progress, we have to do something different. Now that difference doesn't have to be significant. That's where things like, like marginal gains increasing by 1% every day or every week is that small little incre- incremental growth is over a long period of time is really significant. Uh, but it's recognized we do need to do something, something different. And so it's allowing, what are those small changes you can make sm- uh, shortly over time to allow you to see significant growth six months from now, a year from now, five years from now. And so just recognizing that the importance of that change. Yeah, no. And, and it, 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 something just popped up in my head there. Um, I mean, I think that as an athlete, I, it, it, you must go through this, this situation a lot when you're trying to help them um, move to the next stage of their life. It, it, it is hard. Like when you say, Oh, Hey, it's like, they're starting over, but sometimes that's refreshing. You know, sometimes it's like, Oh, I have the whole world and oyster. If I want to go travel to another country for a year, hell yeah, I'll do it. If I want to go, you know, you know, sit down with my family and, and be a hermit and, and Netflix, you know, I will, if I want to learn how to do sports therapy, I will like, there's so much, there's so much, that's free. And I, I feel like that's kind of a blessing because once you write, reach a certain age and you reach a certain progression, it, it's, it's much more challenging. I'm, I'm doing, um, I have a mentor right now in, in, in the business side more in the point of we're doing our pivot, you know, we're, we're pivoting. I'm trying to take it to the next step in the business, hitting that valley of death period right now. And so we're trying to expand and grow. And, uh, one of the things I'm going through right now is, is that concept of, I don't want to go backwards and I've learned so much, but I also need to progress is progressing, starting over from scratch, or is it, you know, um, just evolving, um, and pushing the business in a certain direction. And that's a lot harder than I see some, some other people that are like literally like two months in and they're, like, oh, I, I get this stuff earlier than I did, you know, and they're like, it's like they have such an open oyster and I'm kind of envious of them, you know, um, yeah. they can make those, make those, uh, make those moves so easily without mm-hmm. realizing how many employees they have to pay and how much expenses they have. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is, it, it's, it can be, it's a double-edged sword. It can be really freeing to have all that, but there's also some, some guys and some people that work with, they have their, when they have all those options, it's overwhelming. And so it's, it's a combination of, of being able to see everything, but being able to focus on a few things as they make the step forward. So it's, that's the combination of like I said, having access to be able to see, Hey, the world is your oyster. You can do so many different things. And as you begin to take those next steps forward, that's why, again, why I love the, the externships is that you begin to, you can dabble in all these different spaces but then also begin to, okay, I like this and I like that. 
and I'm going to stay and try those two things and then move forward. And so it's recognizing, helping them in that process of looking at everything. But then as you're in that process, you're narrowing that focus into a few things uh, for into whether it's a job wise or a space or even the, the luxury of being home for holiday and actually being home for, for birthdays and like having that freedom to be able to actually do that with often when pro athletes, well, during the Super Bowl, one of the pro athletes, one of the, well, the wide receivers wife left halfway through the game to go to the hospital to have their kid. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, oh yeah. That was Odell. Yeah. Right. So it's just that, it's just, it's yeah. like, like that's and people are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he wouldn't like that's and pro sports. That's common. That happens all the time. Yeah. Whether babies or marriages or things that are happening and they just, they miss because there's a game on Sunday. Like, and that's just, that's life. And so, you know, the, you know, the, so being able, when you stop playing professionally, you have the opportunity then to have a little more, uh, to be able to make those moments and to create those memories. And so there's, yeah. So it's having that, having that freedom is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, it was great to have you on. Like I said, we could probably chat all day about this and I look forward to, I look forward to continuing this conversation multiple times in the future. Let's, let's knock on wood. Let's hope that happens. And, uh, if, uh, you could tell everyone, why don't you tell them where they can find you and, and, uh, how they can reach out. Absolutely. Uh, Online shiftmystory.com uh, is where you can find access to my blogs on there. Uh, I do a weekly newsletter just on different aspects of athlete transition and just personal growth and development and leadership. Uh, I'm also on social media, Instagram mainly, and also Facebook, uh, Shift My Story. Uh, and then personally, uh, jonathanvanhorn.com is another space you can find me for coaching and other aspects uh, that I'd work with to do with athletes in action. Ah, perfect. Well, again, uh, thank you for being on the Brand Power Analysis, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you.